Welcome, everybody, to the Week 10 preview edition of the Eyes on Big podcast. This is your number one growing, up and coming, getting a little bit better every week, Big 10 football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. And how do you reach the Eyes on Big podcast, Big Kurt? You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or go directly to the website, eyesonbig.podbean.com. Of course, big is spelled with a one. Share it or die. That's, That's my right. Halloween theme version of trying to get people to uh, share the podcast. Share the podcast, please. Just share it on Twitter. Tweet it to your friends. Text to your friends. Hit the subscribe button. Have a great time. It's so simple. It's just such a simple thing to do and makes such a big difference in our lives. So... Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to get to. You think so? Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with housekeeping. Housekeeping! No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping! Housekeeping. All right, let's get going here. First order of business. We have a resignation, a coaching resignation here. Hardy Nickerson. No, not that one. (laughs) We'll get to that one. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Hardy Nickerson, defensive coordinator for Illinois. Called on this podcast by Big Kurt mere hours before it happened. I I don't know that I said he's resigning right away, but I said he's going to be gone. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that was it was kind of obvious, though. 712 yards last week. It's a lot of yards to give up. They just kept piling up. I mean, at first it was 500 yards. Then it was 600. Then it was 700. Once I hit it, I was like, okay. And I would say 700 yards given up to Maryland the week after only having 100 and some versus Iowa. That's a a bad look. A 600-yard increase. And, you know, they they could have had a lot more. Right. They took their starters out pretty early Uh, in the second Very quickly, what was the general reaction from from Illini Nation? Well, everyone expected it to happen, but just not when it did, really. It, It wasn't a surprise that it happened, just the timing. Now, he did cite some health reasons. I don't know how true that is. I hope it's not true. I hope, hope he's healthy and doing well. The, the cynical person in all of us frowned our brow at that when we yeah. saw Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is, but I don't think that's the sole reason why he's no longer the defensive coordinator. So what do you think about, about that position? What, how do you think they should proceed here? Like who, who to fill it as soon as possible? who. Yeah. What, what would you <laughs> just get, just give me somebody with some coll- collegiate yes, defensive coordinator experience? Yep. And for me, I mean, I would look at somebody that is going to br- bring a very clear message into the locker room of mm-hmm. something specific that we are going to run and we're going to focus on. And I just think that they need to be more aggressive with the, the talent level they have. Okay. I just don't think you can sit back and play a bend, don't break defense. As soft as they've been playing, unless play, you have superior play athletes. Bend, play a bend, don't break defense, but make sure you stop the run. You know what I mean? Pick something that you're going to stop right. is what I'm trying to Pick say. Pick something that you're good at. Right. You know, like like on offense, they're good running the ball. Stay there. It's something. That's something you can build off. It's better than nothing. All right. Well, next, we got a little more bad news <laughs> coming out of Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh, man. We shouldn't really be laughing. No. Isaiah Bullock, junior linebacker, has been dismissed from the team because he's accused two counts of first-degree attempted beep, murder 
boop, two boop, counts beep, first degree conspiracy boop, 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 to attempt boop, boop, murder. Woke up this morning. Boop, yikes. Got myself a gun. Right, yeah, Jersey. Guess, there yeah. you go. Sopranos. That's same. That's what very I was fitting. With I, that. I got it. Yeah. yeah, I put on the on on the Twitter's the uh, the report for Maryland is you know Smith out with a knee and uh, Johnson out with an ankle and Bullock out with uh, pot- possible potential murder. So yes, that's a that's a crazy little situation. Well, thankfully, there. it was only attempted. Nobody actually right. was harmed. Right. So that's that's good news. I, I mean. This is uh, somehow you could maybe make a point that Rutgers is still the lowest uh, football program in the Big Ten right now. Well, we I got to the big news. I yet. I think so. Wait, you're saying overall they're the the lowest program? Well, just yeah, yeah. Over with all the, news. the things with yes, news the how the team record is, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty debatable. Bad. Well, they've won it, one game against Texas state and now they have to kick a team guy off the team for you know attempted murder yeah i guess there's one team that could potentially compete with them at least off the field let's go on to that yeah let's move on to some good news yeah out of maryland right seriously it is (laughs) javon leak the running back was the big 10 offensive player of the week and special teams player of the week that's the first time that's ever happened ever happened one player winning two player of the week awards Unfortunately, that will not be the biggest news that will be talked about out of Maryland. Yeah, there's week. there's some other news. DJ Durkin has been dismissed as the head coach at Maryland. 24 hours after being after reinstated being reinstated as the coach at Maryland. And by the way, okay. we should point out that we are recording Wednesday night at the 31st nine at o'clock. 9 o'clock. And the funny thing is, is we try to record earlier in the day. Had we done that, this news would had not broke yet. Nope. So our our uh, latest podcast would have been immediately obsolete, but uh, had to take the kids out trick-or-treating. Um, so saved by the trick-or-treating for the new news. This is the weirdest thing to me. Uh, lots of guesses on Twitter, texts between friends. I'm sure other people have done it too. Um, this is my thought because the older I get, the more I peer into – businesses and companies and you're just not that overwhelmed by the greatness of leadership yeah this is what i think happened i think they they certainly did the investigation obviously that's something that was taken well, there was very seriously independent investigation 192 page report which i have not read and no, i don't of course want to. not not gonna happen but enough people peered into that investigation to say that they were they gave dj durkin his job back well then, they didn't have reason to fire him for cause for cost. So if they fired him, they'd have to pay him. I don't know what his buyout was. I never figured that out. I tried to find it. It's, and I couldn't. What I've seen on Twitter is it's going to wind up being like around $5 million that oh. he's going to wind up getting. Well, now. From now, yeah. Yeah, but I wonder what it was before. I wonder if they came That's to a settlement. Anyways, long story short, it is my thought process that once the reaction came out that it was so violently against mm-hmm. what they did, they then turned around and fired him. That's my thought. That's why they fired him. Well, they definitely fired him because of the backlash. Okay. I mean, there's no question. Washington- but, but people think, is there some sort of uh, motive lawyer speak that we don't know about of why you reinstate him and then just fire him? Meaning, I don't think did so. they reinstate him because they knew they were going to fire him almost immediately? I don't think so. Okay. Because apparently the Board of Regents told Wallace Lowe, the president, you're not going to fire DJ Durkin. And if you do, we'll fire you and find someone 
who's going to keep DJ Durkin. Did you hear that? Yeah. And so Lowe just said, okay, and he just seems like a spineless wimp at that point. Um, the Washington Post wrote an article that said, don't send your kid to Maryland. This is on the freaking Washington Post. Yeah. The Maryland governor weighed in on this. Well, I the, mean, a representative uh, congressman weighed in. Then the governor said, I want you to reconsider this. There were players on Twitter. Yep. We're saying I, I don't want to go back in the yeah. locker room. Durkin had the meeting with his team yesterday. Three guys walked, walked out. out. Several guys didn't show up to practice today. Did you read yep. that? Yep. I think all these things weighed in. They all weighed in. I think they but definitely. How did they not think that was going to happen? Maybe they just wanted Jeez. to kind of dip their toe in the water. How bad is it going to be? Can but we get through this? So is that's where the thought process come from, where they said, fine, we're going to reinstate them. You watch this. This is going to be a shit show. Well, and then maybe once that, it happened, then they said, okay, you're right, fire him. So maybe that's, that's what Wallace Lowe said. Okay. But I don't think the Board of Regents seemed like they wanted Durkin. And is Kevin Plank involved in this at all, the Under Armour guy? I just don't know. Why you? I was saying when they reinstated him, who is the winner here? I don't find any winners. Well, and Even, that was that was the you know a little bit glib side of the reaction that you that you saw from people. But but it brings a, a valid point to the table. He's not that good of a coach to begin with. He hasn't well, had that much success. Why is not yet? But he has gotten good athletes there. He has recruited at a higher level than they've ever recruited. And I think maybe. Kevin Plank and others were drunk on the idea of, oh, we're getting these great athletes. We can't let this guy go. Well, I tell you one thing. Your recruiting is going to take a hit. I, I well, think that there's was a couple things for opposing coaches to recruit against Maryland. With. Right. So that's my other thing that where there are no winners. Let's say he comes back. Who's going to who's going to go to this? Who's going to go there now? He's, how can his recruiting rankings are going to be like they have been? I wouldn't think so. No. And I just want to say, you know, for people, and thank you very much that have listened to a ton of the podcasts, we've unfortunately had a lot of this stuff that we've had to report on in the last three months or so. I don't think me and you have ever been the type where we join in on the mob mentality. No. of, But in this case, I mean, geez, a, a kid died. Okay, number one. We haven't even talked about it. That's That's the number one thing. Number two... This isn't just reaction from Twitter. This is reaction from everybody around the community, and then even more importantly, guys on the team. Yeah. I mean— And it's a, a number of, a lot of guys from the team. Correct. Did not want this to happen. Um, if they had kept DJ Durkin, I was going to say, you know that that flag that they run out with, the 79 flag before the game, the right. 79, the, the number painted on the sideline? Yep. Get rid of that because you don't care about Jordan. For real. Seriously. But but they finally did the right thing. And I, I also want to say that Durkin was not responsible for his death, okay? And was he, what is he responsible for? Being an a-hole, for sure, and having a, a culture that's just not acceptable in today's society. So with that said, that that's just something you can't have right now at the university. Correct. And what, and I think what you're alluding to is he wasn't there when the absolutely horrible— No, un, he was the, there. But he he's not in charge of, of the strength and conditioning. Part. Yeah, yeah. So but he hired the guy that's in charge. But he hired the guy, and the guy had, you know was yep. part of this horrible. And he's been gone ever since it went yeah. down. He's, yeah. But I I also found interesting the way that the the board of regents kind of reported this, you know their their analysis of, of the investigation. We don't have a toxic culture, but he's doing toxic things. 
um it just made no sense. They were like talking out of both sides. He, they said, "I'm not a violent person. I just like punching people in the face." Well, they also said, uh, "He's partly responsible, but it's not his fault." Well, but if he's partly responsible, then it's at least partly his fault. They were just—it was ridiculous the way that they handled this. I'm not an annoying person. I just never stop talking about things. Yeah, yeah I don't know Try about annoying on. things. Anyways, all right. So, moving on uh, from that on to. More news, uh, uh, what will be the news of every Tuesday night moving forward till the end of the regular season, which is the release of the inaugural 2018 college football playoff rankings. Yay. <laughs> uh, once again, you will hear a lot of sarcasm coming through your speakers from Big Kurt as he is not. Yeah, I think me a lot more than you. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm... I certainly have my annoyances with uh, college football playoffs in general and then the committee in general. I just think I'm yep. just a, a step down from you would be the correct way. Of putting I think it. so. Uh, but you are a college football fan and you have a Big Ten football specific podcast. So um, I, I'll, I don't mean so to put let's you on the get spot, this but just, over but, with. I mean, what's, what was your general thoughts of running down the, the college football rankings? Well, I find it odd that Notre Dame is at four. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're undefeated. There ain't no... Well, I'm th- I think they should be higher. Okay. Like in front of LSU. In front of LSU, yeah. Sure. I, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, And Alabama, I mean, look, we all know they're the best team, but they haven't played a strong schedule. Correct. I mean, I don't think their schedule's as strong as Notre Dame or Clemson, not, is it? Not Clemson, for sure. Like, it, yeah. it, you don't realize, but Clemson, one of the another th- crazy things that – that I found was we had talked on the last podcast on how few ACC teams might be in there. Yeah. And they put Virginia, NC state and Syracuse. Now they're mm. all 19, 20 and 25, but they snuck in three ACC teams in there. Yeah. Which, which I thought was in inter- I, I That's the committee at work right there. But that is that, that is the stuff that you see happening that you think they are trying to bring validity into yeah, of teams that. So did you? Maybe you should go down and read at least the top five or so. Yeah. So number one Alabama, number two Clemson, number three LSU, number four Notre Dame, and then number five Michigan. The only thing I would mm-hmm. probably fight to change on that mm-hmm. is what you just said: is switching LSU and Michigan. After that, LSU Notre Dame. LSU Notre Dame. Excuse me. After that, number six, Georgia, seven, Oklahoma, eight, Washington State, number nine, Kentucky, and rounding out is number 10, Ohio State. Um, so you think Alabama should be number one? Um, I totally understand what you're saying about the fact that they really haven't beat anybody. Yeah. Right now, their best win, and it's not even close, is Texas A&M, which leads me into how in the heck is Texas A&M 20th? The best thing you can say – about Texas A&M is that they have really good losses. They've gotten mm-hmm. beat by Clemson, Alabama, and Mississippi State. They do have a good win versus Kentucky, but they're I mean, this is a 5 and 3 team. It just stinks to me that a 5 and 3 SEC team is up there because they've got to give their Bammers a yep. quality win on the schedule. That's that's what I think. I mean, you yeah. you look at you look at the record between Texas A and M and Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They're both five and three. The only th- they both have a couple good wins. Um, Texas A and M has Kentucky. North uh, Northwestern has Michigan State, 
and Wisconsin and Purdue. Yeah. I think they have better wins. Right. The only difference is Northwestern's losses are worse. Yes. I mean, right now, sure. Northwestern probably is kicking them. Northwestern fans are kicking themselves because if they hold on and beat Akron, they're undoubtedly right. ranked right now. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And obviously, they have the opportunity to jump right in if they beat Notre Dame this week. But, it, I mean, it's just it's just goofiness. Um, um, I, I It didn't bother me. I was surprised to see Iowa State in there. They're 4-3. and three. A wow, four and where they ranked? Team, twenty uh, fourth. Mm, okay, just snuck in. So that 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 kind of surprised me. Um, so just so and, our then, and, and by the way, it surprised me. I was at sixteenth. Uh, that was higher than I thought I would. Yeah, it's be. probably a shade higher than I would have guessed. Right. But again, so I think Clemson, Notre Dame should be one and two. Alabama three, just because of their strength of schedule. Because I think this should be a meritocracy. It's not. There there are no criteria. That's my biggest problem that I have with this entire The most playoff. upset I was was last year when they had the teams ranked, they had all of these reasons that they gave why this team's ranked that high. And then the last week of the year they just completely threw it all out the window yeah. and just said, Yeah, no, we think these are the four best teams. Well, I'll never forgive them for what they did to TCU. If you didn't want TCU ranked number three that initial year in twenty fourteen, they were ranked number three. Of course they didn't get to play a championship game. But blew Ohio, out their last the game. same day that everybody else was playing their championship game, they won fifty five to nothing, I yep. think it was, or yep. fifty five to three. And they, and dropped. they dropped to six. Yep. Not to four, not to five, to six. So they never should have been three then. Correct. It's the, just the goofiest thing. It's an invitational, and that's where it gets people frustrated. Yeah. I don't um, I don't like it. Uh then you know, just as far as scheduling stuff, um, I don't really know who this guy is, but Matt Smith at Matt Smith. CFB. Yeah. I've seen that he, he was he was putting out some good stuff on on Twitter. Uh, so the non conference wins, okay, mm-hmm. by conference. Oh yeah, this one's good. Yeah, non conference wins by conference over college football playoffs top twenty five teams. Okay, SEC zero, Pac twelve zero, Big twelve zero. Mm. Notre Dame one. by itself has one. The ACC just by one. itself has one. The Big Ten has five. <laughs> five out-of-conference wins versus currently college football ranked currently ranked teams. Who the are playoff. they? Maryland over Texas. Mm-hmm. Somehow that seemed to got gets to forget about a lot. Well, it was week one. It doesn't count, does right. it? Right. And I'm ranking these. Iowa over Iowa State. Yep. Purdue over Boston College. Indiana over Virginia. And Minnesota over Fresno State. Yeah. Five wins. And I think that is something that – should be screamed from a mountaintop, and it it is right up against how many non-conference games the SEC plays versus FCS teams. Right. We've all seen the tweet out there. Versus Power 5 teams in general. Correct. I mean, well, just the SEC doesn't play Power 5 they teams. Don't. They play a ton of FCS teams. Correct. And then the other thing to point out, too, is the Big Ten plays typically almost every Big Ten team plays 10 Power, power 5 yeah. games, 9 uh, Big Ten games and almost all of them play another Power Correct. Five team out of conference. It's just, it's all. Or if they it's don't, it's Minnesota's playing Fresno and Illinois is playing South Florida. Right, those are the two two of the top five yeah. best F or non Power Five teams. So, all right, so we'll we'll be complaining about that for the next four or five weeks. But yeah. we better move on to some games here right now. Well, just quickly, not nothing, no major injuries. Uh, Nate Stanley has a hand problem. Looks like he's going to play. Hornybrook is still questionable. Uh, let's see. We got Lewerke also still questionable. 
Zach Anikstet for Minnesota, doubtful. So is Shannon Brooks, the running back for Minnesota. And then Austin Mack, wide receiver, Ohio State, has a foot injury and is out this week. All right, so that wraps up housekeeping, and we will move on to the games. Moving on to the Week 10 games, we've got seven games all on Saturday. One team is on a bye. That is the Indiana Hoosiers, a much-needed bye, I think I might add, for the Indiana Hoosiers. The only bad thing about that is Crimson and Corey are one of our favorite Twitter accounts. Yeah, they'll we'll probably be quiet this, fun, this Saturday. Stuff, but, um, all right, so first up, we got the 1-7 Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Traveling to Cheeseland to take on the 6-3 and three Wisconsin Badgers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN. The line is Wisconsin by 28. Over-under is 50.5. I don't know what to say other than um, Wisconsin is still playing for a conference. They are. A division title. They're still in it. They're very much still in it. They're 3-2 in the conference. Uh, Somehow... After the last game, Rutgers went from a horrible season to just a touch worse with the off the season or off the field issues. Now they got to travel, you know, halfway across the continent into Wisconsin. This line started a little bit lower. It was actually closer to like 24. And it's was it really? Yeah, it's actually moved up towards Wisconsin. I saw it up around 30, though, at one point, I think. Okay, that was maybe a different line I was looking at. But um, fact of the matter is. I understand that Wisconsin has had some issues <laughs> this year. Uh, the defense is not quite what we no. want the defense to be. As a, if you're a Badger fan, and injured. Yep, they've certainly had injuries. Um, right now, I don't know if it makes a gigantic difference in this game if Hornybrook plays or not. No, I don't think so. You know, Rutgers defense isn't actually atrocious. Did you realize that S and P ranking 75, whereas Wisconsin's 55. Yeah. Uh, they're giving up 407 yards per game, which is not good, but it's not Illinois bad. Correct. In fact, that number is 69th in the country. So they've got an okay defense. That, do, you, do you think they're going to be able to stop Wisconsin running the ball? Wisconsin is still top 10 rushing. Yeah, th- that's this. the total number here is really shaky for me. Okay. I, I feel like going over on hmm. that one. Hmm. But then you look at... <laughs> Poor Artur Sitkowski. Have yeah. you looked at his numbers for the year? They they couldn't be worse. He has 839 passing yards, three touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That's bad. Yeah. So basically, Wisconsin kind of has to get that number on their own. The total. That's why I like the under. Yeah. I think the total score will be something like 40 to 7. I mean, I just don't see – I don't see Rutgers scoring the ball – scoring hardly any points, moving the ball very often. So let's rewind a little bit. Yards per play differential here. Rutgers still dead last in the Big Ten at negative 2.02. Wisconsin still at a pretty hefty plus 1.35 third in the conference. It's an enormous difference right there. Yeah. Uh, The fact of the matter is I am not betting on Rutgers in any capacity uh, to travel across the continent and play a football game right now. I don't like the spread either way, but if you put a gun up to my head, I will say Wisconsin covers the 28, and a, a little bit more, I like the under the 50.5. I'm going to go – this one's tough because I thought the line was a little bit higher. I, th- I had 30 and a half. I was going to go Rutgers, but since it's 28, I think I'm going to go Wisconsin on this one as well. Um, I don't like the total. I guess I'd stay away from it. 
but I guess I'd err on the under as well. Okay. All right, next game up is the 5 and 3 Michigan State Spartans traveling to the 5 and 3 Maryland Terrapins. 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is on ESPN2. Sparty is favored by two and a half points. The over-under pretty low, sitting at 46. Um, so kind of touched on it before. We don't really know if it's going to be uh, uh, for quarterback for Michigan State, if it's going to be um, Lewerke or our boy Rocky Lombardi. I would go with Rocky if it was if got it was hat, me. I got the hot hand right now. Right? Yeah, and when Lewerke was, was playing, he's obviously playing injured and not playing very well. Rocky looked pretty good last week. I was impressed with his with his velocity. Yeah. And tough as nails. Yeah. I mean, lives up to his name. I thought he looked great last week. Um, so Maryland, really last week, that was their dream game, right? Very play, little play resistance Illinois. from that <laughs> Illinois defense. Nobody's setting the edge. That's not going to happen. This week's going to be their nightmare. With all the distractions going on, I think Michigan State is going to absolutely shut their offense down. I'm surprised to see the line this low. Um, I do understand that the over-under is that low, 46. I mm-hmm. mean, so the over-under is 46. Maryland scored 63 points by themselves last week. Obviously, Vegas is seeing that they believe Michigan State is going to shut down Maryland's running attack. And right now, if you shut down Maryland's running attack and you play some semblance of defense on the back end, you shut down Maryland's entire offense. So I guess I'm a little bit surprised to see that the line is that low. Yeah, that is a little surprising, isn't it? Yeah, and Michigan State, they looked decent last week and put some points up on the board. Well, they still got a great defense. They're still only giving up something like 70 yards rushing a game. Yep, yep. So Maryland's not going to, you know, crack off 450 or whatever it was like they did last week against Illinois. Right. Um, Yeah, the over-under is just, I don't know, something's a little bit off because the two just don't seem to jive to me. Well, let me me throw this out there. Yards per play differential. Michigan State is at a minus 0.25, ninth in the conference. Maryland is still at a really nice plus 1.26. And – a lot of that has to do with the fact that when Maryland is good, they're they're yeah. off, they're off the charts good. And we when they're bad, they're 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 pretty awful. Outside of Texas, we haven't really seen them perform that well against a good defense, have we? No. Can you think of any good defense that they've actually? No, I cannot. Had product. I can't. I mean, either. Minnesota had a good defense going into the game, but when they lost Antonio or uh, uh, Winfield Winfield Jr. It, it just crushed that defense. So, no, I would really yeah. can't think. So, I'm with you with an original comment you said, which is with all the off-field things going on, you, yeah. you cannot tell me that doesn't make some That's sort of make ripple effect. Difference. They, they are not concentrating no on way. football right now. I know Michigan State's got to travel, but even with that being said, that two and a half, I think Michigan State covers that. I agree. I, I like the two and a half I like a lot. lot. Yeah. All right, moving on to the last 11 o'clock a.m. game, the 2-6 and six Nebraska Corn Huskers traveling to the 7-1 and one Ohio State Buckeyes who are coming off a bye. Uh, 11 o'clock a.m., this is on Fox. The line started a little bit higher. It has come down to the Buckeyes only being favored by 17 mm. and a half. The over-under is a robust 73 Whoa. points. So what's, the, what's the yards per play on these guys? Okay, right yards per play for Nebraska, we have negative 0.03. They're eighth in the Big Ten. 
and Ohio State is an even 1.00 in the positive. They're seventh in the Big Ten. That And seven to eight is almost a one-yard jump. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting game to me uh, for a couple reasons. Number one is, are, are we not so sure that this isn't a real good matchup for Ohio State? Uh, the teams that have move the ball very well versus Ohio State are teams that can make big chunk plays versus the Buckeyes. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen. Right. I mean, if you want to have proof that a crappy team can move the ball on Ohio State, look at week one with Oregon State. Oregon State is freaking yep. god-awful. I mean, well, Tulane. Nebraska is better. Yeah, Tulane. Yeah. Um, Tulane was getting huge chunks of yards. Huge chunks of yards. Yeah. Certainly not putting Purdue in that category. Purdue's, you no. know, a step up, but they've, they move the ball amazing. Uh, amazing Amazingly well on Ohio State, too. Obviously, Nebraska has the pieces in place with their quarterback and their receiving core to be able to do that versus Ohio State. Well, they're going to get points. Right. And that's why you see the the over-under at 73. Right. The only thing that you wonder is, okay, did, did something finally get addressed and fixed in in Columbus during the bye week? Right. For defensively, I mean. Well, here, let, let, me, let me throw this one out there. Urban Meyer with extra prep time. So that means after a bye week, that means bowl game, that means first game of the year, these type of situations, is 37-13-1 against the spread. That's against the spread. Against the spread yeah. in, in his coaching career. The most recent one that you're going to bring up is last year uh, after they got demolished by Iowa City and, and they turned around, which is they were on the road yep. uh, last week or two weeks ago too. Mm-hmm. Then they turned around, came home, played Michigan State, and absolutely melbatoasted them. Yeah, I feel like they, they're probably going to get some things fixed here. But how much are they going to get fixed? Because that defense is pretty broken. Sometimes it is just a matter of literally getting one or two linebackers, I think, in mm. this case, focused in something different, doing a little bit something different that uh, Nebraska has not seen on film, yeah, and it can make a big difference. And they've got to get the run game going too. That is an odd, but this situation. is a pretty good remedy for for a poor. Yeah, because now you flip it back around and you're looking at Ohio State's offense versus Nebraska's defense. If yeah. you're a Nebraska fan, that's where all the good feels stop right there. Because yep. I understand Nebraska's defense looked a lot better last week, but that was Bethune. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that doesn't. Like, really there's count. a different. There's a different animal you're facing this week. I. 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 It would be shocking to me that Ohio State didn't have a very big day on the in the air. And to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if they didn't have a pretty good day on the ground as well. Speaking of through the air, Dwayne Haskins' stats on the air so far: twenty eight hundred and one yards passing, thirty touchdowns, five interceptions. Almost the exact opposite of Arter. Yeah, a like, little bit like different than Arter. <laughs> um, you know what though? Ohio State. What is their what's their biggest win so far this year? Because it used to be TCU. That's, that's gone. not looking so good. Yeah. right now. Um, so they it's definitely Penn State. There you go, Penn yeah, State. Yeah. That's their most impressive win. That's a pretty good win. They've got a, they've got one really good win. Yeah, yeah. I mean they got to win a more. But no, but I, I they have I, a lot I, to prove. No, they have. I mean, my line that I I've been going with this week is. The Big Ten has two teams that can make the college football playoff, mm-hmm. but they only have one team that can win the college football playoff, and I don't think Ohio State is that team. Okay. they Unless they go on that urban 
Right. They've got a post bye week sure. run. They and if they do, they will I will be eating my words. Yeah. Everybody will be eating their words. They are not so far out of it, of course, at ten that they can't move their way back oh, no. up. It's plenty they of time. Just need the the running game is important, don't get me wrong. They just need to look better on chunk plays on defense. If yeah. they do that, this all of a sudden this team could magically fix itself and look good. But Nebraska's pretty good at chunk plays. And Martinez and those receivers. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So I I went back and forth on this one, but I am going to take Nebraska mm. in the points. And I think just because it, it it'll just wind up being a game that both defenses will look a little bit better mm-hmm. than they have the past several weeks. So I'm going to take the under and I'm going to take Nebraska in the 17 and a half. Yeah, I'm Aaron towards the under, but uh, I'm going to go Ohio State. Minus the 17 and a half. I, I, of course, they're both going to score points, but 73 is a lot. Um, I just don't think they'll keep up with Ohio State. I think, I think they'll get things fixed, get them right. Okay. And, and cruise with this one at home. Okay. All right. Moving on to, we got two, two 30 games. First one up is the four and four Minnesota Golden Gophers traveling to the three and five Illinois Fighting Illini. 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. This line is the Gophers by 9.5. The over-under mm. is 63. All right. Yards per play differential. Did we do that in the last one? Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. We did that for Nebraska. <clears throat> Yards per play differential. Minnesota's at a negative 0.53. That's good for 11th in the conference. Illinois is a minus 1.54. They're catching up to Rutgers, man. They're 13th in the conference. You give up 700 yards a game, you'll start, yeah, to, that you'll start to go down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so right now, um, I know, I've actually heard Addickstead has he, – he is possibly available for this game. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, I mean, kind of like with Michigan State, Tanner Morgan looked just fine last week. I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't think there's any issues. A um, little bit w- wondering about Minnesota's offense – in general, though, because mm-hmm. it's too—I mean—it's a shame from Minnesota fans' point of view. Shannon Brooks came in and it was just a dynamo last Boy, he week, looked great, and then he's—he's he's right back out with a with the opposite knee injury, which is tough. But they've had um, um, other running backs step up this year. Um, Tyler Johnson has also been dinged up. That is a huge part of their yeah. offense. If, if he can't go, uh, certainly Bateman on the outside has been big for him, but, but uh, Johnson's their stick mover, man. He's the one yeah. they go to on but, second long and third down to move the chains. But Bateman's going to, been getting better all year absolutely long. like he's he's ready to blow up it and looks like. and by the way if you're bored someday you know rondale moore deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done but if you look up the stats bateman is right there or maybe even mm. exceeding him on some of the receiving no kidding. touchdown stats he's had a huge year so i want to talk about defense a little bit minnesota fans i you know they've been compl- complaining about rob smith their defensive coordinator they're not happy with the defense they certainly do not have a great defense, but they do not know what a bad defense is. And another reason behind they, it is been a struggling defense. There's, there's that's accurate statement, but there have been a ton of injuries. Yeah, and and there was a lot of guys that graduated before the year started. There, there's reasons behind why the defense has been struggling. Okay, but my point being, Illinois is a truly bad defense, and, and Minnesota actually statistically isn't nearly as bad as people make it out to be well the one thing i would point out with minnesota's defense is the the first three weeks were 
good. Yeah. And then trending back sure. after that has been not so good. But then they looked a little better against Indiana. Um, in terms of yards, they're 74th in the country giving up yards on defense, which um, is is not great. But 39th in the S&P, that's actually not too bad. Um, they give up 28.9 points a game. Illinois gives up 37.6 a game. So they're giving up 386 yards a game. Illinois is giving up 528. These offenses, are they actually sync up pretty well. Right. In the rankings, they're very similar. Right. But there is a glaring difference in this game between the defenses. So speaking of defenses, will Illinois simplify things this week with their new defensive coordinator? Well, so – uh, with Hardy Nickerson gone, Lovey Smith is going to be calling the defense now. Which, by the way, is what he's known for in the NFL all along. I mean, he's always been a defensive guy. Yeah, that's that's what he's known for. I mean, he's he's known for it this year too, just in the wrong way. So I'm I'm curious what how does the defense respond at Illinois? Do they buckle down? Do they improve? Or do they decide you know what, let's go for that 800 yard mark? I think we can give up 800 guys. What do you think? Um, I think there is enough that you can look at for this game as a Minnesota fan and be nervous. You the, the the number one thing is you have not looked fantastic on the road. Mm -hmm. Number two is Tyler Johnson healthy. Yeah. That is a that is a big deal. It if is that a big guy, deal. If that guy can play, that's a huge boost. If not, it is a huge loss for that offense. I'm not so worried about the quarterback no, I'm not situation. Either. I'm not so worried about who's playing running back, although Shannon Brooks is definitely, you know, would have been a huge step up. He would have. Um, so it's gonna be Muhammad. Our guy yeah. Muhammad to yep. toting the rock mostly. Yep. Um, so for me, um, I think the 63 points is is way too high. Yeah. Um, not so much because the defenses are are so good, you okay. know, but just because I just feel a general sloppy game. So I really like the under 60, 63. Mm -hmm. um, not as much on what I like, but. I'm going to take Minnesota to cover the nine and a half simply because, mm -hmm. buddy, I just don't trust your Illini. So I'm also going to go Minnesota minus the nine and a half. I think these teams match up pretty evenly on the offensive side. But Minnesota, you think you have a bad defense. You have no idea what a bad defense is. So I'm going to Minnesota and. All right. Last 230 game is the uh, number 16th ranked six and two. Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to the four and four Purdue Boilermakers. This is a 2:30 p.m. game on ESPN two. The line is Purdue favored by two and a half. The over under is 50.5. Mm. Okay, yards per play differential here. Iowa sitting at a nice plus 1.27, good for fifth in the conference. Purdue. Plus 1.33 at fourth in the conference. Interesting. Nice matchup here. Yep. Um, Purdue has not faced a lot of great defenses yet. This is going to be a great defense. They did not look good against a great Michigan State defense. Um, yeah, this is uh, – there are certain games every week where you break down uh, the X's and O's side of things or the psyche of the team coming in. Ironically – the game that gave me this this trepidation in my head last week also involved Purdue. It was mm -hmm. Purdue and Michigan State playing. Um, 
I've definitely felt like Purdue had a lot of stuff they had to get over last week with, you know, the big emotional win going on the road and whatnot, and they weren't able to overcome it, even nope. though I thought they had a drastic uh, advantage as far as personnel with Michigan State having so many people out. But right. it wasn't enough. Why wasn't it enough? Well, ironically, it wasn't enough because of personnel, and the personnel that happened was Michigan State's front seven absolutely mugged right. Purdue's offensive line, and it just took the whole team down down a notch. And that's just uh, kind of what I feel like is going to happen this week. Yeah, there I mean, is. I think, don't you think Iowa's front four at least is better than Michigan State? I do. Yeah, I do. me and too. I, I, I mean, front seven is is equal if not better the actual d line itself is mm -hmm. is almost certainly better uh iowa's secondary is just as good if not better than than michigan State. but a little young y yeah isn't it certainly the, at the corners right don't they have at, two freshmen starting at corners yeah at the corners yeah. um what they're doing a lot is they're moving um safety amani hooker mm -hmm. so they move him into a uh linebacker okay. role uh, i have dubbed him the swiss armani because oh, yeah, yeah, he moves good. around so much and so he almost winds up being essentially their their uh, so slot guy i think that is who is going to get a lot of attention put on rondale Moore really this week. so is he essentially the third linebacker in the field then he's the third linebacker and nickelback okay basically they're running a three three five Really? Okay. That, that, I mean, they they were running a four three or a three three five. Okay. It, it, they just don't call it that because I don't know. You know, the differentiate is literally what you, what you want to call the defense because that's right. all it is. Um, yeah. On the other side of the ball, um, I ironically I feel a little bit more comfortable in this game with Iowa's defense on the on the field, even though Purdue's offense has obviously been so dangerous that doesn't mean mm -hmm. Purdue ain't going to get their plays they're going to get their plays and oh by the way they're they're playing this game at home they had to play Michigan State on the road that makes right. a big difference that's true to me what makes me nervous about this game is the other side yeah which for a long time there um Purdue's defense seemed to be what was going to kill them they're even last week versus Michigan State, they gave up quite a bit of yards, but they didn't give up a lot of points versus Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think you got to say Purdue's defense looked pretty good yeah. last week. On the other side of the things, Iowa's offense looked awful, not because That's of true. their line, not because of their running back or their receivers. They looked awful last week because of Nate Stanley. And don't you think a lot of that has to do with his hand? I mean, it's that's, that's why he looked so no, bad. I, actually, I, no? he to, Ironically, he didn't hurt hit his hand his thumb is okay. what it was on the helmet until later on in the game so he, was he actually atrocious he was looked atrocious before okay. that you could actually make a point that it might have snapped him out of it he <laughs> right. looked better the the last okay. couple series of the game so i don't know it is very hard for me to look at this game uh objectively this is a huge game for purdue this is a huge game for iowa yeah this is going. I mean, this is a. These are two teams that are in the fight for the West. One hundred percent in the fight for for the Big Ten West. The Iowa's got a little bit of a notch ahead of Purdue, simply because even if Purdue wins this game, they still have already lost the tiebreaker to Northwestern, and Iowa hasn't played mm -hmm. Northwestern yet. But the fact of the matter remains: if you lose this game, you you're out of the Big Ten West yeah. hunt. Um, so to me, I, I I don't know where to go with this game, but. 
since I have a podcast about on the Big Ten on football, I'm going to take the two and a half points. If I'm looking at this as a as a handicapper, I would just take the two and a half points mm-hmm. in the game. The 50 and a half points, I actually like the under in mm-hmm. this game. I am feeling somewhat of a game yeah. that would be similar to what Purdue and Michigan State played last week. I don't uh I, I don't love the under, but I do love Iowa in this game. Okay. Plus two and a half. A uh, little history here. Iowa 19 seven and two against the spread in road games the last six years. Been, you know, been hot. Pretty impressive. Overall, in this series, who do you think owns this series? Purdue I, or Iowa? I would say Purdue. Purdue is leading 47 to 38 with two ties. Yeah. They had a 20 game win streak. You got to you you understand how bad Iowa football was back in the a day. A 20 game win streak from 61 to 80. Yeah. I was shocked until, at that. Until Hayden Fry took the, took the uh, uh, program over, there was not a lot of good things happening there for no. a while. So, all right. Moving on to the next game, we have got the number three ranked 8 and 0. Notre Dame fighting Irish traveling into Evanston to take on the 5 and 3 Northwestern Wildcats. This is a 6:15 p.m. game on ESPN. The line is Notre Dame by 8 and a half. Over under is 53.5. We flirted with making this the Big 10 game of the week, but uh, we're going to we're going to put it in the in the 2 slot. All right, give me some stats here. Yards per play differential. This one took a little bit of work because they're not in the Big Ten, but Notre Dame has a plus 1.40 yards per play differential. Meanwhile, Northwestern has a not-so-pretty negative 0.57, good for 12th in the conference. Yeah. Can you believe that? They're Northwestern-ing things. That's, they, how, they, that's, they, that's they how they win games. Hey, we just start, We just came up with yeah. our own. They're Northwestern-ing. They're Northwestern-ing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you look at this game. I mean, I... I've watched Notre Dame a little bit this year, but not that much. But I kind of dug into their stats and just kind of checked okay. out, you know, what they're what they're good at. They're not the tops in anything, mm-hmm. but man, they are in the top third with almost every okay. stat. I mean, the only thing that I would say that they are uh, on a on the back half of stats is offensive passing yards. Okay. But you got to throw that out because ever since Ian Book has took over yeah. at quarterback from it's, them, they yep. have they have moved way up. Uh, they are 32nd in passing uh, defense, 50th in rushing defense, 31st in in total defense. On the other side of the ball, 35th in total offense, 46th in rushing. Basically, they're pretty darn good at doing Across just about everything. The only thing you could say is it looks like you can run the ball on them. They give up mm. 146 yards a game. But then but again, Northwestern can't really run the ball. Here's a quick quiz for you. Who is Northwestern's leading rusher on the year right now? Is it still Clayton Thorson? Jeremy Larkin. Oh 346 gosh. yards is still their leading so, rusher. So Bowser still has not overtaken that. No, because he had, yeah. what, 100-something, yeah, 117 about, last week. But that probably was, got close to 250 yards. Yeah, something only, like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, on the other side of the ball for Northwestern, um, you know, they, they're very, very good. They're 26 in the country passing the ball. Obviously, they've been chucking the ball over yep. the field. But that's offset by their their rushing offense, right. which has been awful. They're, they're only 97th in total offense in the country. Mm. Um, defense is obviously a lot better. 49th in total defense, only give up 367 yards a game. Pretty darn good against a rush. Pretty darn good against a pass. They're kind of middle of the pack in the country for that. Um, 
I don't know. I just almost feel like you, after you go through <laughs> all those stats with Northwestern, I just feel like then you just you just throw them right out the window. You have to. Because what Northwestern is going to do is they're just going to play to the competition that Notre Dame's at, right? Right. I mean, on paper, Notre Dame is the far superior team, but that's just not how Northwestern rolls. you got to go Costanza with Northwestern. <laughs> if opposite. it looks like they're going to lose, you got to choose. you got to pick them to win. All right, so I got a bunch of tidbits here. I found a bunch of them. I want to go through all of them. Notre Dame, after playing Navy, which is a very physical team, they just played Navy, right, is 3-11 and against the spread. Hmm. That's pretty crazy, right, in their last 14. Their last two meetings against Northwestern, Northwestern upset them both times. The spread was minus 17 and minus 28. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Okay, the underdog in NU games is now 9-0 and against the spread in their last nine games. Isn't this amazing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame, three and fourteen against the spread the last four years in November. Wow! Yeah, three out of four years, three out of the last four, they've entered November in the top five, and they have zero top ten finishes in those four yeah, years. Yeah, I remember last year. I mean, that one stuck out. People right. already, yeah. So they're they're kind of set up to fail right now, based on history. <laughs> yeah, based on the so um. In this one, because of all that history there, I don't like Northwestern. I love Northwestern this game. Really? Yes. Okay. Wow. I mean, I I love digging up the stats. Um I see I, I hear I see it. There I don't feel great about this. Okay. Yeah. Um don't feel great about picking North against Northwestern or boy Chappie, but Right. I said earlier in the week, if this thing was under 10 points, I was going to take Notre Dame. Okay. I have now backed off it. This isn't a cha-ching for me okay. anymore. But I, even Northwestern, even their mystical powers that they have sometimes comes to an end. This feels <laughs> like it has to eventually. This feels like. This feels like a a riding the ship, you know, in yeah. the college football, you know, grand scheme. I don't know what I mean by that, but it just seems like Notre Dame is going to be a focused, better team that's going to come in and you know not kill them. It just gonna, it's going to be something like thirty-one to twenty, thirty-one mm-hmm. to seventeen type sure. of game. Um, right at the over under, I I would I would stay away from the over under on this. But if you had to put if you put a gun up to my head, I would say under the fifty-three point yeah. five. The history here, Notre Dame leads the series 37-9 and nine with two ties. I was mostly surprised that they had played that many times. Yeah, oh yeah, this is they've, they've been playing this game for years. Notre Dame had a 14-game win streak from 65 to 94 before that Pat Fitzgerald team beat him in 95. All right, so that will bring us to the... The number 14... Ranked six and two, Penn State Nittany Lions traveling to Ann Arbor to take on the number five, six and one Michigan Wolverines. This is a two forty-five p.m. game on ESPN. Line is Michigan by ten point five. The over/under is fifty-two point five. Okay, yards per play differential here. Penn State is a plus one point nine one, good for second in the conference. Michigan plus 2.75, number one in the conference by quite a stretch. This Michigan defense, we have talked about it a lot this year. It is absolutely oh my gosh. bone crushing. It's getting better every week. Just a couple 20 yards allowed. Yeah, I was gonna say okay. so for the defense, they're number one in the country. 220 yeah. yards allowed, and oh. nobody's even really that close to them. Yeah. And uh 
They're ninth against the rush, but they're still okay. like, giving up 97 yards oh, Lord. a game. Number one in passing. They're yeah. giving up 123 yards passing a That's game. That's just incredible. That is the insane low number. Now, obviously, you can trace some of that back to who they played, but you you still don't have stats like that defensively unless you are are – Really good on defense. Remember the preview episode when we looked at these guys on paper and we said, We just started laughing. Yeah. Yeah. We said this could be a really fun year to watch the Michigan defense, and boy, indeed it has. Penn State, they are are set up for another letdown here, I think, with a huge game last week. Um, You could say, I would would think some Penn State fans would say the letdown did happen last week. (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, they, they, they had two safeties, you know. Snapping punt, you know, right. for, for uh, snapping over the punter's head, turnovers. I mean, they they really played like crap. But they week. won the game, right? So it does is that? I'm, I guess I'm kind of turning what you just said on its ear a little bit. That was a letdown game that they turned into yeah. a positive. Does does that actually help them roll into this game with the with the feel goods? I don't know. It didn't it didn't help Purdue after they beat Ohio State. Yeah, that's a good point. So I read this on Brad Powers Sports. I don't know if I believe it. Penn State. Four straight games decided by six points or less. Yeah. That's the first time that's happened since 1894 for them. Yeah. Can that possibly be true? You don't typically play that many close games. It's insane. That's just, it, I, 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 I'm not sure I believe that. Hey, if Brad Power says it, it's Well, that's true. true. Um, yeah, as far as Penn State's offense, they're 27th in the country, mm-hmm. um, 460 yards a game. Really high up, rushing the ball. I mean, they're they're rushing the ball at 225 yards a, a, a yeah. clip. Um, the passing is pretty good too. Believe it or not, if you compare their stats to last year when Moorhead was the offensive coordinator yep. and Saquon was on the team, it's almost equal. Is their, it? Their their stats hmm. from last year total yards. It's, as far as the breakdown, I can't say for that. But my question is, how how healthy is Trace McSorley? I mean, that was yeah, that's a that big question. A, that was a banged up knee. He went into the you know the sideline tent. Um, yep, you could tell, and he was limping around bad. Correct, you could tell he could move around, but he was moving around. If to look like to me, he could only move straight straight line. Right, it didn't look like there was any lateral movement happening. I'm gonna say right now. If if you know if you are somebody that that is in the know and you know that that Trace McSorley cannot move around and and do Trace McSorley things, mm-hmm. take Michigan <laughs> to yeah. cover the ten and a half points. Well, because if you have any form of a sitting duck quarterback, okay, and I'm not, right. I, I, I don't mean that as we have given Trace McSorley a lot of love on yes. this on this podcast. I'm but saying if, if, if it he's is not some, healthy, yes, and and he goes against that defense, lights out. Okay, so I talked about a potential letdown for Penn State. This is also a revenge game for Michigan. They got blowed out last year against yep. Penn State. I don't have the score in front of me, but they want blood. And Rashawn Gary, maybe back this week. Tyreek Tyree Black, Black, maybe, maybe back, back this, this week. week. Yep. For all those reasons, I really like Michigan State. Or Michigan. I'm sorry. I'm, I really like Michigan in this game. Yeah. Um, I really, at one point, I absolutely love this line. Then I kind of. I don't know, walk back on it a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> now I'm back to to, yeah. to really liking this line. Yeah. I, I it it this could very well be a very ugly game. The only thing that I can think of with this game is that Penn State's defense impressed the heck out of me mm-hmm. last week. I feel like 
Penn State's defense has has shown signs of life. Yeah. Uh, Michigan's offense, probably a little bit better than what you think it is. 53, 53rd in the country, 420 yards a game on, on offense. And they play conservative style. So on purpose, that's, yeah, on purpose. that's so what that's, they're trying to do. That's not really a fair ranking for them. No, I don't think it is. Yeah. I just don't think they care about their offense. No, ranking. that's that's kind of what it is. Um, I'm glad you brought that. Are you done with your point? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was I'm glad you brought that up because the Michigan offensive line didn't look great early on, but they keep getting better and better. And the Penn State D line is kind of the same way. They I agree. Kind of, but, so I'm really I'm going to be watching those two lines go for against sure. Each other. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like we know what we're going to get with the Michigan uh, defense when Penn State's on the field. Yeah. Okay. They're going to do just fine against them often. Um, but if Trace McSorley can do Trace McSorley things, he'll crack some plays. They'll get some plays out to the wide receivers or, you know, dump it off to, yep. to KJ Hamler or something and make some plays and, and gap them and do something. Mm-hmm. But what is interesting, just like you just said, is the other side of the ball. Like, I, I do think that would stop it from being a high scoring game. So I, I like Michigan. I really like the under 52.5. Um, I just think this is going to wind up being a game that probably uh, Michigan covers. This looks like something like a 27 to 13 type of game. To okay. Me. Like nothing, not a blowout, just Michigan definitely is going to walk away. And if that happens, this is officially now. I mean, you think you can already say it, but this is officially Michigan's March towards the college football playoff if they get past this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no debating it, I don't think. Oh, boy. Yeah? If they win, I just hope – I I would like to see them keep winning, and I can't wait for that Ohio State game. Right. If Ohio State and Michigan both went out to get to that game. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, so that gets us through the Big Ten. We'll just kind of go quickly through a couple games around the country. Um, uh, Number six, Georgia playing number uh, nine, Kentucky. That's at 2.30 p.m. on CBS. Georgia is favored by eight, I think. There is some matchup concerns in that game. If you are an SEC nut, and if you are, I'm surprised you listen to this podcast. <laughs> but there is some uh, uh, – Georgia is actually having trouble stopping the run. You could yeah. move the ball on Georgia and this year. Kentucky that's runs what the Kentucky, ball well. That's what Kentucky can do. But they just – they don't score that many points. They just don't. No. I mean – the that whole if that Kentucky Missouri game was in the Big Ten, Braden Gull and oh, all the other SEC you know homers they would have yep. been trashing that game upside down and you know and backwards. I I just I will I have got to see Kentucky again to believe it. I'll take Georgia to yeah, me too. Points. I like Georgia. Uh, another good one is number twelve suddenly hot West Virginia playing. Number 15, suddenly not so hot. Texas is at 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Who do you think is favored in that game? you looked at the line? I have not looked at the line. I guess I'd go West Virginia just by a couple. <laughs> Shockingly, Texas is favored hmm. by two and a half points. Okay. Um, they're, they're assuming Texas is going to have the Michigan State bounce back game. Yeah. Um, man, did West Virginia <laughs> look good last week. Right. It was only versus Baylor. I'll take the bait again. I'm gonna I'm gonna say West Virginia wins. That I like game. West Virginia. I just don't trust Tom Herman yet. Yeah. Um, another interesting one, uh, and some of these games, you know, I'm bringing up because if you are a Michigan fan mm-hmm. or Ohio State fan, you are tr- you are uh, cheering for Texas to beat West Virginia. 
to pull a okay. Big 12 game team out of the college football sure. race. Um, obviously, Georgia, Kentucky has that too. If you're yep. a Big Ten fan, I am 100% cheering for Kentucky Absolutely. in that game to yep. beat Georgia. To not, I don't want any chance of two SEC teams getting in the college football playoff again. Next one would be the same thing, which is Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Texas Tech's not ranked. Oklahoma's favored by 13 and a half points. I think Oklahoma mm. is going to murder Texas Tech. <laughs> I absolutely love Oklahoma yeah. covering that those two touchdowns. Well, they're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. So it's kind of easy to take them. Um, and then, of course, the 43rd game of the century. Yes. That involves the SEC. Number one, Alabama um, uh, going into Baton Rouge to take on uh, number three, LSU. This is 7 o'clock p.m. game. 14 and a half points. Mm. Um, there is a lot of chatter in this game that, okay. Have you, have you seen the rankings that Alabama has played as far as the defense? The def- yeah, it's atrocious. The best not defense played a- they play is a 90th ranked defense in the yeah, country. How can that be? Because they've played a shitty schedule. But that's the. I mean, it's what you brought up when we were talking about the college football yeah. playoff rankings. I mean, Alabama well, I and that defense, by the way, is Mizzou. Yeah. They're the Missouri. 90th. Yeah. How can that possibly be? Who We're in November. It? They have not played a defense. The vaunted SEC defenses that they played, right. nothing. Because they played Old Miss, who has an atrocious Ar- defense. Arkansas, just, just horrible teams. Do they play Mississippi State yet? They played Texas A&M, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Texas A&M is right. that bad on defense. Right. Jeez. So, Death so Star- basically the thought process is LSU is going to get up and mug Alabama. Yep. The gap... The, the, the sliver of hope, if you want Bama to get beat, is that Tua Tungaviola has been unstoppable, but he has shown a little bit of a, a, a he will force balls yeah. and make some risky throws. Does all of a sudden the complexion of the game, the season, the whatever change if Tua has all of a sudden thrown two picks in the first half? Well, we've never seen him under duress. We don't Correct. know if he's good under duress. That's what duress. I'm saying. Yeah. That's what people are predicting that they're going to see. Well, in situations like this, I always like going with the, the defense, and, and Bama just hasn't seen this kind of defense. So I like I really like LSU to cover this. You do? I do, yeah. Really? That's yeah. not where I thought you were going to go. No. I'm not betting against Bama. No way, no how. I get it. I get that it's in Baton Rouge. I got to see it for myself to see Bama – getting slowed down i'll take bama to cover the the 14 and a half um here's the thing though okay a little bit back to the college football playoff thing then we're done but um you know me i'm gonna watch the college football playoff unless there's two stinking sec teams in the freaking college football playoff final game it's ridiculous i don't want i'm dead serious i don't want to see two teams from any conference no i don't either i want to see four teams from four different conferences. I do too. I'm dead serious when I say this. I wouldn't even want to see two Big Ten teams in there. No, I think it's ridiculous. It wouldn't be as fun if it was two Big Ten teams I for swear. the championship. It but it's just, just strange. It's those same feelings with gasoline thrown on them when it's two SEC teams. Oh, of Because it's, it's freaking ridiculous. So with that being said, we're forced to cheer for Bama all the way out. Because if Bama goes 13-0, there's only one SEC team getting in, which is Bama. On the other side right. of things... If Georgia yeah. wins all the way out and the team they beat in the SEC championship is Bama and they wind up going 12 and one and Bama winds up 12 and one, there's two SEC teams getting right. in and that's all there is to it. So you're to me, I'm going to be cheering for Bama on Saturday night. And you think they're going to cover the 14 and a half. And I think they're going to win and cover the 14 and a half. Death star beats the crazy Cajun, huh? <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. And by the way, I'm not saying that LSU has a better defense than Bama. I'm just no. saying 
They, they it's have, a better defense than what they faced. It's it's going to be a shocking difference versus every other defense they've faced. Correct. And Tonga Vailoa is still a pretty young quarterback. Yeah. He hasn't true, true really – I mean, he played in a huge the national championship yeah, he's, game, but going into Death Valley right. for a game like that is something completely Correct. different. All right. I think that's enough for the Week 10 edition of the Eyes on Big podcast. I – we both really appreciate you listening. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. And we hope you enjoy the Big Ten football this weekend. Talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you.